0: Welcome to the Night Shift Postponement Podcast. Boy, do we have a Christmas slag-off on the way for you. We're going to slag some refs. We're going to slag Graham Arnold, probably. We'll definitely slag off Adelaide United, and we will definitely slag off COVID-19 for being a disrespectful, intrusive ball bag that gets football games postponed. You name it, we will slag it today, all right? Tommy's on the other side of the computer webs. Ahoy there, mate. How are you doing this week?
1: Really good. No scratchy throat. My chest feels fine. I can smell things. We're good to go, man. No postponements here.
0: Nice. Nice. No postponements for you. No no postponements for the podcast. Uh, All right. This may or may not catch you off guard, but you have asked for this. Had a number number of people this week. Very interested to hear what you have for us in terms of Wellington Phoenix and evidence of them getting bigger crowds versus Perth as was so wildly claimed on last week's pod by yourself. Uh, How do do you plead, mate? It's
1: um, not guilty, obviously. Deny it till you die. It's it's a thing, okay? And just because I don't have the hard evidence to back it up, nor do the raw numbers over the course of the A-League, you know, they definitely don't assert any positive argument for me, but it's all about how I feel, okay? You can't discount my
0: opinion just because it's wrong. It's my opinion, Sam. If there were straws in the Night Shift podcast studio, he is clutching for them, ladies and gentlemen. He is clutching. But Enter that's okay. We'll, we'll get to this. Um, the people the people wanted it, all right? So I just had to put it to you. Um, Sorry. did was didn't incorrect, want you. Guys. They didn't want you to be warned either that the question would come up. It was, uh, you know, people were more interested in catching someone out than them actually being right about something. It's a good old gotcha
1: question. It's Q&A. Yeah.
0: It's Q&A. Where's, where's Tony Jones? Right, should we jump into some real football? Uh, not not saying Wellington and Perth aren't real football, but...
1: I think that's exactly what you're saying.
0: We, we're lucky this week in that... Well, unlucky in that lots of football has been postponed, but also that it was the night shift derby this week between Leeds and Arsenal, and we both watched this game, and, yeah, hmm, thoughts?
1: The night shift derby is a very one-sided derby, isn't it? It feels like reminiscent of Melbourne Adelaide early years. It's been, there was a stat, I think, qu- uh, quoted during the game. 2001 was the last time Leeds beat Arsenal in a Premier League game. So Ooh. we're doing well. It's a good. It's, you know, it's, it's good. Leeds are doing well.
0: <laughs> yeah. This game was, uh, I called it caveat city because there's a lot you could say about both sides, particularly uh, Leeds, really. Um, Arsenal came out and absolutely... I think, obliterated them. Probably deserved their 4-1 win, I think. It maybe even flattered Leeds a little. Um, Melier made a lot of really good saves. Uh, Utegaard refused to shoot, uh, but did bring his own ball to the game, which was interesting of him to do. Um, But for Leeds, I guess, what can you say about a team that is just completely on the canvas at the moment with injuries? Absolutely riddled. The squad is ruined. They don't have the the depth to miss players like Phillips, uh, Bamford. Rafinha's out there pleading for some help. It's all, it all seems to be on him at the moment. Uh, Melia is pleading for some help at the back. Players like Luke Ailing, Stuart Dallas, just not able to keep up. Um, yeah, what do you got?
1: It might have been 2003 was the last time Leeds beat Arsenal on the prem.
0: Glad <laughs> okay. um. to clear that up.
1: Glad we cleared that I'm up. Just, I've got to, be really, got to be really specific about my dates and my um, figures now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough slog watching Legion United at the moment. There's, there's some disagreement with how Bielsa continues to try and play, you know, that, that full frontal attacking, free-flowing football, high press, all of that, when you just don't have the cattle to do it. Like, is there an argument to readjust and sit in a little bit more but, you know, even in saying, in saying that Arsenal had more shots in the first half than any Premier League team has since its inception, there it was 15 first half shots. Yeah, wow. It was an absolute mauling. Um, it definitely plays in that Cody Drama was having his first Premier League start and he couldn't deal with Martinelli at all. No. Uh, the midfield combo of Click and Foreshaw definitely missing Phillips to be able to contain uh, Erdogan. And it's that thing with Leeds. It's a, it's a threadbare squad as it is, but, you know, the the backup holding midfielder, Pascal Strike, is injured as well. Um, Harrison Limsoff injured during the game. You know, that was Robin Cox's first game for two months, so he was rusty as all shit. Yeah, Rafinha isolated, like you said, crying out for help. Joffe Somerville,
0: like, it's just... Bunch of teenagers. Pretty, Bunch yeah, of teenagers getting a gig. Yeah, no, it's definitely... Um, I didn't want to go for the... I hate that people are still going for the low-hanging Bielsa fruit, which is, Mm. oh, they're tired. They're tired, whatever. It's nothing to do with them being tired. The energy is still there. They have the energy. They play with the energy. They just don't have the players. Um, And if you're not going to, I think part of that Bielsa thing with Leeds, especially last season, it was like, oh, you know, they concede a lot of chances and they're going to concede goals, but it's okay because they're going to score heaps. But right now, they don't have the players to score goals. So it's kind of ineffective. And it probably is worth some consideration of just changing it up, maybe sitting in, doing what uh, the lower sides in the league do sometimes and just making sure you do try and grind out a point or something. Um, Watching them try and still break and push forward in the numbers they were and having like Foreshaw was trying to man-mark Martin Odegaard out of the game and it's just like it's not gonna happen no Um, it's not his game either and Er erdegaard very smart as well kind of drifts across from wing to wing as he's playing and it was just opening up space everywhere in the middle of the park for other players to come into and you're just chasing shadows at that point um yeah don't buy into the them being tired stuff but maybe a tactical change is probably needed i hate to sit here and you know Tell someone Godfather. like Marcelo Bielsa <laughs> that he needs to change his tactics, but here we are.
1: Well, that, that's, you know, it's a common conversation now, especially amongst Leeds fans. Um, for me personally, I don't mind so much. I now have the belief in this guy and what we've achieved under him, that if this is the way that he says it should be done, that I'm happy to blindly f- follow that. And if that means that we, you know, get belted by City and Arsenal, we can see 11 goals in a few days then, you know, so be it. Like, you've got to be a realist in some situations sometimes. And as a Leeds fan, like, we've had the worst. This is the best it's supposed to be. And it doesn't feel very good, but this is what I'm used to as a Leeds fan. So yeah, no drama for me. No drama. We'll come back. Burnley and Aston Villa coming up might be the other way around um, after the Liverpool game. So that's they're the big results. If if we have games, that is, considering Leeds Arsenal was the only one on Saturday.
0: Yeah, if we have games, we'll get to that Um after i think but you i read a stat about phillips the leads and their win their win percentage when phillips plays is like triple when he doesn't which is pretty that's that's a pretty big uh triple triple percentage it's a big number i don't yeah, know what the number I is
1: mean, you're literally going from like a draw to a win just by having him in the team yeah um, which is you know crazy. His influence on Leeds, we've said it earlier in in previous pods, is massive. And you know he's out for two months now. He won't be back until late January, I think early feb. And if there's no postponement of the Premier League, Leeds could find themselves like deep in relegation by the time he comes back.
0: yep, for um on the other side for Arsenal, I guess, just uh, they just had to do just had to they had to get this three points because, Mm-hmm. Some of the drop points in away games recently, after having leads, Everton, Man United, not so much because you know they're a more capable side than Everton are, but yeah. still frustrating to have a lead and then see it go away and not get any points. Same at Everton. So this one, they really had to just get the job on, uh, get the job done. They had a real chance to put the foot on the throat of Leeds because they're so like decimated at the moment. So they just had to go out and do do what they did, and they did. I think um, it's an interesting point to make. The the Leeds team, you
1: know, I, I whinge about us having first team players out and we have to play the kids. Something of like 50% of Arsenal's goals this season have come from guys under the age of 23. And you look at who was making the impact again today uh, uh, during that game on the weekend um, Martinelli, uh, Saka was involved. Smith Rowe comes off the bench and grabs one. You know, these are young kids playing yeah. a really, you know, exciting, expansive brand of football. And I don't you can't begrudge Arsenal's win at all. Like Arsenal were great in this game.
0: Um there was also a stat about Emil Smith Rowe coming on. He came off the bench and he was Arsenal's youngest sub available for that game. Mm-hmm. Had he been on Leeds' bench, he would have been the oldest sub available.
1: Oh for real. Jesus. Yeah.
0: So there you go. <laughs> there was a
1: 15-year-old on Leeds' bench. <laughs> yeah.
0: 12, I heard. <laughs> With a pine in hand. Yeah. Um So yeah, Arsenal up to fourth out of nowhere all of a sudden, which I did not expect at all, but a couple of teams behind them with some games in hand. When are they going to play them? Who knows? Uh, knows, We'll move across. So Saturday night, just the one game, Arsenal leads. Sunday night slash Monday morning. um, Full sweep. Spurs out of nowhere. Nick some points off uh, the Scouse.
1: Yeah, is it out of nowhere or is this what they've been building towards with their last couple of games cool. and results under Conte? I'm not sure. Yeah. Liverpool maybe just dropping off the boil ever so slightly. They weren't really convincing in their uh, latest win uh, no. against Watford. They're allowed in to this, have one. They look, yeah, they can have one. But I mean, we're seeing what's going on with Chelsea at the moment, who, other than the Leeds victory, struggling to pick up points, struggling to create chances. Not that Liverpool are struggling to create chances, but they definitely lacked a killer edge. And, you know, when you're 2-1 up um, with 20 minutes to go, you probably would bank on Liverpool to see that out. So, mm. interesting development. Do you think it's just individual error on Alisson's part? or
0: uh, I haven't seen. I haven't actually seen. <laughs> oh, you haven't <laughs> any... seen the second goal? Nah, I haven't seen any of the football from that game. He, I've only seen he, the, he, the cards. He, yeah, he, he
1: just he rushes out and misses. um misses the clearance on the edge of the box and Son has an open net basically to stroke it into. Uh, There you go. But, you know, even then, there's just that earlier air of Liverpool. I don't know. Are they being overshadowed by how good City are at the moment? Are they frail? Uh, It's an interesting one. AFCON's coming up soon. Yeah. Very Um, curious to see how it goes.
0: For Liverpool, I think I'd just put it down to like the natural ebbs and flows of a season. Okay. Because they had that but uh, their month previously where they just absolutely obliterated everyone Ooh, scored yeah. goals galore. Untouchable. It's really hard to maintain that kind of standard. We see city do it all the time. City grind out wins a lot despite mm. absolutely dominating the ball. They're um, doing it again now, but then they'll have a game where they turn it on and uh, s- smash a team like they did last night with Newcastle. Although Newcastle looked like they were playing okay in patches. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on last night's games at all?
1: The, I mean, the Liverpool Spurs one, did you see the two red-card incidences?
0: Yeah, I guess we have to talk about them.
1: Um, Do you think um, if Robinson was the English captain, he would have got away with it?
0: No, we didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw... We were watching a video of this earlier. Um, Optus Sport. I don't know who the coverage is through in the UK, but whatever their feed is. Um, Dermot Gallagher, the ex-professional referee that they have on, and he breaks down decisions and stuff and tells them what the referee's thinking. And I don't have time for it, to be honest. But um, he basically, he may as well have just said that Robertson needs to get his leg broken for it to be a red card. Yeah. It's basically it's how exactly it came what across. He was saying. I don't see any way where Kane's, uh, Kane's challenge isn't a red card. Over the ball, studs like that through the shin. And Gallagher's Flying. reasoning was basically that he gets away with it because Robertson doesn't have his leg planted Mm. um it's because he like kind of jumps over it but if the player has to jump over it to not get a broken leg um we've always said this on here it should still be a red card whether even if i think uh, maybe not so much that tackle but there's other similar ones where it's like even if he doesn't make contact you should almost be sent for the action because it's just so ridiculously dangerous and the players need to take a measure uh take measures to protect themselves yeah exactly i mean I, I'm the
1: first to decry the bloody death of the slide challenge, but this is not a good slide challenge to make because he's the nah. ball is there to be won, but it is always in Robinson's control. Basically, he's or Robinson is always going to have that first touch. Um, yeah. and just to wildly throw himself over the top like that, that's yeah, it could have seen him out for a long time if that did collect. Yeah. And what does Kane get? Maybe a maximum three game punishment. It doesn't equate and it doesn't make any sense why a former ref would argue that point. Well, we have seen it before. We've seen it in the season.
0: It seems ridiculous, but it, I, it does just open your eyes to how, this is how referees view the game. This is how, how they see it. Yeah, They have a different way of viewing the rules uh, to the players at times. Yeah, and the fans. And, and that was evident to, in the, the responses in the studio at the time.
1: There has to be a, yeah, a refinement and almost just like a charter made a global charter of, of official, officialdom is what it would yeah. be. Uh, what about the other one? We can all get a board. City. We talk about city. Well, that the other be... red card.
0: Well, oh, the, the other red card.
1: The, the red card. Since yeah, Kane Robinson's, didn't get one, uh, it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty Did wild say, swing. Say Robinson again. I've been trying to say Robertson. Ah, it sounds like Robinson. Yeah, <laughs> I promise you, I know who this guy is.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, red the, card um, thoughts. It, it's a pretty wild swing. Um, yeah, I want the VAR gets involved in this one and not the Kane one, and you. Like, why does he go and look at the monitor for the yeah. Robertson foul and not the Kane foul? Just There's a lack of consistency in the way that we are adjudicating it.
0: Yeah.
1: Is it a red card? I don't know. It's less of a red card than the Kane one, but he does go in wildly. I think that's how you would describe it. Massive air swing at him.
0: Yeah. Bit of idiocy going on there, Robertson. Maybe some frustration as well. Um Fs, yeah. He thinks I, he can
1: take the ball really like in a really tough challenge. But yeah, um, I don't think it it's the worst.
0: Wild. I don't think it's the worst call. It's pretty wild. Mm. It's, it's it's just <laughs> it just does seem seriously unfair when Keynes isn't a red card. But you know, we said at the top of the show we'd slag off refs today, so here it is. We're slagging some refs. It's gonna continue. It's yeah. yeah. We'll get to some we'll it's definitely do enough. some more ref slagging when the A League comes around because <laughs> boy. Do I want to talk you of ourselves? on some? Yeah, let's do it. Why not? All right. Just before that, though, uh, you had some notes on City.
1: City, with this win, uh, this 4-0 victory over Newcastle, uh, they've broken the record for the number of victories in a calendar year for an English team. Man City in the Premier League in 2021 have played 42 games with 34 wins, two draws, six defeats, 106 goals, 29 conceded, 23 clean sheets. Is this... The greatest Premier League side of all time.
0: If they go on and win the league this year, they will be in the mix.
1: Well, they did win it, I suppose, earlier. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, one calendar year, though. So, uh,
1: yeah, calendar year is an interesting way to judge it. But
0: yeah, I think
1: you can look at teams as almost dynasty teams now because they do seem to go, they do seem to last for two, three, four seasons rather than a flash in the pan like Leicester.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know. They're they're definitely in the mix. I I don't usually get too wrapped up in these conversations. Mm -hmm. It always just it seems a bit futile to just kind of always be comparing. In the same way, it's just dumb for us to be comparing like Maradona, Pele, and like Messi and Ronaldo. This is all Mm -hmm. just the game changes so much. Different teams, different eras. Each has their own kind of each dynasty in the Premier League. Kind of has their own trademark thing that makes them stand out. Like for Arsenal in um, early two thousands, it was like not being beaten. Uh, for Man City, it was like destroying teams. For Liverpool, it was, I guess, destroying teams, but in a in a different style of way, like different different manner, mm. as opposed to City's Barcelona style possession. But yeah, yeah.
1: When we talk about best, I think maybe you could reframe it and say which is are they the most enjoyable team that we've seen. Do you do you like watching them more than you liked watching that Arsenal undefeated side, for example, or that mm. Manchester side at the turn of the turn of the millennium? Like, I don't know, they're pretty devastating. They play yeah, they are, and are really uh, they're like really engaged and they work for each other and yep. they have a clear philosophy and that's always. I think yeah, over depending time, on you're probably you'll probably rival this one with Sir Alex Ferguson's best Man United sides.
0: Yeah, I get, right, it's tough to know how people view it when they're so passionate about their clubs and stuff, but when you try and watch it neutrally, I guess it depends what sort of perspective you take into watching a man city game. If I tune into a man city game, I've got players kind of penciled in for who I want to watch closely yeah, and watch how they play and what they do, or like take note of how they're moving about as a team and stuff like that. Um, so I guess it just depends sometimes. Yeah. If you're looking for a team to absolutely dominate and score eight goals, they don't always do that but they more often than not, will have the ball for like 80 minutes and <laughs> it, it you can't help, but be very impressed.
1: Yeah. No, they are fun to watch. Even when your sides on the receiving end of a, a seven nil shellacking, yeah. you can still admire a KDB bullet from outside the box.
0: Yeah. Um, What was the other game? Wolves, Chelsea, uh, we don't need to go into it, but just wanted to mention Chelsea have copped a bit for kind of the wheels falling off over the last few weeks, but, when you look at their squad at the moment, uh, I don't want to make too many excuses for a club of that size with that much cash, <laughs> yeah. but uh, they are without heaps of players. They had six players on the bench last night. Only four of them were outfield players. One was Ooh. a half-fit Kovacic, mm-hmm. um, and two of them were goalkeepers. Uh, they had no striker in the squad at all. So Pulisic played up front, I believe. Um So that they're just going through a bit of a tough spot with COVID at the moment, I guess, as well, and injuries. And I guess that can bring us to a conversation about COVID and let's slag it off and what it's doing to the Premier League and to football. It's causing havoc once again.
1: And I thought we were past this. I thought we were at the point now where we had fans in the stadium and everyone's vaccinated and we're doing the right thing. Everything's going to be fine, but No. We were new variant is here and wants to shut down the fucking football again. I, I, there's just an interesting, when I talk about vaccinations, look, I don't care either way, but when you compare the Premier League to the other big European leagues, uh, Serie A has 98% of players double-vaxxed. Uh, League, uh, 95%. Bundesliga, 94 La Liga, 90+. plus. Premier League only has 68% of eligible players double-vaccinated. Really? it does yes now this you can't look at it too intently on it just being the premier league through the football context because that more generally that is the vaccination rate in in england as well it hovers yep. around that and for men between 20 and 30 it's the same thing so it it more broadly reflects the cultural aspect of vaccinations in the uk but there's only one league at the moment having games postponed, and it's the fucking Premier League, and it's an absolute joke. This is, yeah. I just, I, I just don't know that you could call it a legitimate competition anymore with what is I going mean,
0: on. In fairness, uh, each every league in England over the weekend had heaps of games postponed. Championship, League One, League Two were all pretty heavily postponed as well. Um, yeah,
1: but I'm saying the European leagues are having yeah, no yeah. games postponed because of COVID. Yeah, comparatively.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know what you do, like because it's very frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating for us because we want to watch games, I guess. Um, but obviously people's health and safety has to come first. Um, you also have uh, the like fairness, of the competition. How much does the integrity go out if, so- cause this isn't like injuries, like teams will suffer with injuries throughout a season and that can make or break or define a season for them. But, With COVID, it feels different and it it just I don't know. It it's kind of detracting from the league table's meaning meaningfulness to me. For sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I think and I just we're in the
1: busiest period of the footballing calendar for anyone's for any for all of the season. And at the moment, I know they're gonna have to fit the games in again at a different point, but because there's no World Cup in the June July period. I can just see them kicking the season out further. I can see us giving them another month, which is, you know, not an advantage for the clubs that have their roster fully vaccinated. Like you look at the teams that were playing; it's Liverpool who has Klopp coming out and saying he's never going to sign an unvaccinated player. Leeds have ninety plus percent uh, double vax in their club. It's the same for the other clubs that competed overnight. I just I feel like if you you have a responsibility as an employer, to ensure the safety of your employees. And if you're not mandating vaccines in this context, I don't think you should have games postponed because your players are out due to a health decision. Like if, just say just say the Spurs guys, the eight Spurs guys, instead of having COVID last week, they got food poisoning. They all ate the same meal and had food poisoning. It's not the same because you can't die from food poisoning, I suppose, but it's the same thing as saying it's an illness, it's an unavailability. In that context, you would play with a depleted squad, but in the COVID context, you're given a pass almost. And like you said, I just I think it does call into question the legitimacy of the Premier League at the moment.
0: Just just on that food poisoning, it has happened before in um, Arsenal's last season at Highbury. They needed to win, and I think Spurs need, Spurs needed to win big and needed Arsenal to drop points. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter because Arsenal won in the end, but Spurs. Tried to get their game postponed because uh, half their team had food poisoning.
1: Oh no way! Yeah. Oh, so that's hello. I had no idea. I think that In was that
0: the oh five oh six season or six, oh seven. The last okay. season at Highbury, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. they had to play, did they? That Spurs had to play, yeah, and they were just their squad was depleted, and yeah, like, Is, it was it was, was no, for th- it was for fourth as well. I like was yeah. For, oh for, yeah, okay. For Champions League spot for Champions, Champions yeah. League, um, because there's no strict policy on it.
1: I guess you are just calling it on a whim and it's that thing now, how many, how many COVID cases does it take
0: to get a game called off? Who knows? Um, If I can, I just want to devil's advocate that a bit dick advocate it. Um, That's what it should be called from now on. If you're, you know, you say, if you're not condone, if you're condoning, not having vaccines and stuff, then you shouldn't have Mm -hmm. games postponed. But then I guess the counter argument to that people would have is if, You're still going to have, like, the UK at the moment is absolutely riddled with COVID. Uh, Your squad is likely still to be able to get it and have to sit out games anyway. So people would say, I guess, do do they have a right to postpone the game if they're vaccinated and get it? Because this is the issue. Um, is like, you're still going to see games. Games are still going to be postponed because squads are still going to be full of COVID, whether they're vaxxed or not vaxxed.
1: I think that's where the transparency aspect
0: of it now needs to come into
1: question. We need to know how many COVID infected people it takes to get a game called off. Cause I don't, if you have, if you have a couple of guys it, and then you immediately quarantine and isolate them, then it should be okay. You should still have those preventative measures in place for what's going on at the moment. I don't know. I don't know how they're training. Are they training in small groups? Are they training as, as, as a full, you know, roster that's, these are all questions that you can that you can take into it. Um, this is what I mean. This is why I, th- I just don't think, I think postponements is just a really easy way out and just to say, okay, we'll just, all of you guys stay home, don't worry about it. But that's not what is happening everywhere else in the world. Like why, <laughs> why? <laughs> you know, when I had to quarantine earlier this year, my workplace didn't close down. I just worked with two people while four of us had to stay at home for two weeks. Like, I don't know. I just, I just think it's, I just think it's really weird, and I think it's really weird they haven't got a policy in place still.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, I think, yeah, we're going to see it wreak a bit more havoc. We'll be lucky to get our Boxing Day games and stuff in. I guess I don't know. Oh, I reckon there's, there's definitely a break coming up, a two yeah. week break somewhere. Just a shutdown, but we'll see. We hope not, but we also hope people are safe and okay. Um, of course, yeah, primarily. Well, just before we. We're going to get into some Ange watch in a sec. I'll just quickly. Ange watch. I quickly want to touch on Syria because uh, Inter, Inter are absolutely taking the piss right now. Yes. Um, they now in a better position. All of a sudden, they're in a better position this season than they were last season under Conte. Uh, they have scored something ridiculous, like seventeen goals in the last five games. Um. They're keeping clean sheets. They're keeping clean sheets too. Edin Dzeko has just slotted into a place, Lukaku, like a glove. Um, Yeah. And then this morning, I say this morning because we're recording on a Monday, but Monday morning, Milan-Napoli battle for, I guess, to stay in in that top group with Inter. Napoli got a 1-0 win, but the main reason I want to talk about this game is because... Did you see the disallowed Milan equaliser in stoppage time? I did. I feel like we're about to slag some refs again. Well, I we're said we're going to we're gonna slag refs. refs, and I want to slag some refs.
1: Yeah, I did see this. This was um, I, it was a head-scratcher. You needed to link me that article that broke down exactly why he was called offside because I had no freaking mm. idea, man. Well,
0: that that article isn't gospel. That's just, uh, just uh, an interpretation. Uh, a Football Italia page I follow on Twitter. But basically, Giroud... The ball is like scrambled around in the box, bounces around a bit, gets knocked in. Giroud is lying on the ground underneath a Napoli defender, Juan Jesus. Um, And the ball kind of goes towards them, but Giroud is completely out of play. He's lying there. He's not trying to move towards the ball. He's not even trying to participate in the play at all. Juan Jesus is kind of on top of him and tries to clear it. He's also lying on the ground. So he just kind of studs it. And then someone else kicks it in the net. And two minutes later, the referee gets told to go look on the monitor for himself to decide if it's offside or not. And so then this isn't VAR saying "Ah, it's offside, no goal. He's saying, oh, what do you think? So the referee is putting forward his own interpretation of what offside is, and he's decided it is offside and to disallow the goal. Everyone's pretty baffled. I've launched a remote across the room. It's in three pieces. Um, phone screens. Lucky to be alive. I don't understand because if you're lying <laughs> on the ground and not involved in the play, I don't un- like. You're d- Part of the argument is the defender couldn't. <laughs> Part of the argument is the defender couldn't clear the ball properly because Djuric was there, but the defender was also on the ground. So yeah, why is just- the
1: defender on the ground? Like a
0: fucking. They just. They both it went up for so a header no and sense. they both landed, so they're both on the yeah. floor. It's just ridiculous the biggest point i guess is how far do we need to go searching and reaching for reasons to disallow goals in football games when isn't this what we're all here for do you not do
1: you not want to see last minute equalizers like that's between the two or two of the three best teams in the league really gripping engaging contest goes the whole way one nil basically and they still won at the death at home as well and you want to rip that away from them because of what some faulty interpretation of a broken rule it's yeah the whole the whole thing is baffling and it just doesn't bode well for the package the entertainment you know the product it doesn't no it doesn't it does not why would you want to tune in again to something like this when you're like well they're
0: taking away the most exciting aspect of the game yeah we've been over it a thousand times but it's the same as all those like the premier league where we go back five minutes we spend drawing lines to decide if someone's toenail was offside or like they're coming back from an offside position and their heel was still offside. So oh, yeah. they haven't gained any advantage, but it's disallowed anyway. It's all a load of shit. Fuck rest. Yeah. I said it. I said it.
1: I said it. I can, I can think of one very irate person. That's going to send you
0: a DM now. Yeah. Well, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> send it. Come, come at me. Hashtag send it. All right. We'll get, we'll move <laughs> along a bit. <laughs> we'll move along into some Angewatch watch quickly because Ange took Celtic to the League Cup final in Scotland last night. Uh, yeah, 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 Disney League, uh, whatever. Um, he now has the same amount of trophies in six months as Steven Gerrard got in three years at Rangers. We... What, I was just sliding that in. That's just a fact. I wasn't trying to I wasn't trying to. <laughs> say That's anything. no bait. It it's just a comment. It's just a fact. It's facts, man. Um, but yeah, Ange has, after all the <laughs> disgust shown towards him by Scottish football media and Celtic supporters, the whole of Scotland in general, about, oh, why are we signing an Australian guy who coaches in the J-League? Oh, why does he want to buy a Japanese player from the J-League? Well, that Japanese player from the J-League scored a wicked double, Celtic won 2-1, and has a trophy. And now all the supporters love him. He's the
1: man. He's the king. He's going to be the guy that leads Celtic to... Another 10 in a row, or a 10 in a row, I should say. A <laughs> 10. They need to get one
0: first, and I don't know if they're going to get it, but that, that January 2nd game
1: it looks very tasty now.
0: Yeah. It, January 2nd, Celtic play Rangers, and it really it's more of a must win for Celtic. Rangers have a bit of an advantage at the moment. Rangers also it should be noted have Giovan Bronckhurst in charge. Yeah. Um, Great appointment. And they look just as good as they were before. So, it's going to be huge, but I guess the biggest point of why we're doing this, we're not doing it so I can big up Celtic. It's more about, uh, we, more we like getting Ange. around Ange. We love getting around yep. Ange.
1: Um, they, he was asked after lifting the cup, how he'd celebrate the victory. And uh, Ange said, uh, with my beautiful wife, my boys and the people closest to me, I'll take a snapshot of the memory and file it away. Tomorrow I'll get up and I'll go again. And I think it just perfectly encapsulates why we like this guy so much. He is he he savors the good moments, and then he realizes that there's still work to be done, and goes again. And he's a complete he's a, professional. Oh, for sure, he's establishing himself as you know one of the premier Australian football managers throughout time. Um, yep. He should do very well with Celtic, and it's it's just it's great to see the socials today. A lot of a uh, lot of Scottish breakfast
0: being uh, being plastered over people's faces. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, in particular the one on Talksport with Ali McCoist and. I uh, can't remember the other guys. Brazil. Brazil, yeah. yeah. Um, laughing about Ange, thinking it was a wind-up that they were going for Ange Postacoglu. Yeah, laughing. Oh, need- I'm sure he'll be a great manager.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he did need an exemption to um to manage in the Scottish. He didn't have the correct licenses and stuff. From if you know nothing about Australia or Jap- or Japanese football, you would think who the hell is this
0: joker? So I yeah. get that, but maybe. But you if know- you're in Scotland, you should probably think twice about that.
1: If you yeah, the uh, Scottish yes, League is staff,
0: hardly sure. like punching above. <clears throat> so. I just
1: think if you're a if you're a pundit more generally, uh, you should be more careful when passing comment because yeah, the two guys from Japan have come in and have absolutely ripped up Scotland this season. So
0: all credit to them. Yeah, if we're looking at other soccerers as well, Tommy Ro- Tommy Rogic was a uh, got the assist for the winning goal and he was a star, probably the best on the park last night. Unless yep. you're, if you're, I don't know how you feel about the striker always getting BOG for the two goals if they've had two touches. Uh, BOG is a pretty stupid award. But... Yeah. Well, like, you know, I, I would, so I would say Tom Rogic was best on ground last night because he was, he was incredible. Um, Kyogo totally had two touches and got two goals, so he probably yeah. get it. But yeah. All right both instrumental in the cup success from uh, Australians overseas to Australians here. And in particular Australians in South Australia and in particular South Australians in Adelaide of the red variety or the coral variety, if you will,
1: as it was. Yeah.
0: Uh, Oh my God. I know I hate Western (laughs) United, but Adelaide United fucking suck.
1: (laughs) I did turn to you uh, when we were two, one down against victory and said, I reckon we're going to finish in the bottom two this season, and yeah,
0: I'm, I'm, yeah, I think that's actually a thing. Well, I was
1: woeful. I was trying (laughs) to keep a lid on
0: that. I was trying to keep a lid on that because I know what you're like. There's a long way to go. Yeah, while the while games are on, uh, you to me, I I feel like you generally need like a 24 hour kind of cooling off period. But now I start saying
1: shit.
0: Yeah, whereas I kind of 24 hours later feel that. You go the other yeah, way. Yeah. I go the other way. I'm calm. And then 24 hours later, I say I'm calm, but I also just told everyone how I threw my remote across the lounge room this morning watching the Milan game. Um, it was granted. It was granted. But but yeah, um, Adelaide, we suck. We, we, are, we, we suck. We yeah, shit. we suck. And there's just, I mean, no, we're, we're really good at keeping
1: the ball in our defensive third oh. and recycling it through the midfield who are too deep. And my favorite part of our wing play is when we give it, Wide to our wingers, who then immediately cut back inside on their weaker foot and pass it backwards. Uh, Carl's Carl's comments post game, pretty much what we've been saying. There's the final ball is poor, the finishing isn't great. But what 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 finishing? We're not even
0: creating chances anymore. <laughs> no, uh, we said it last week. We need a number ten. I I have the <laughs> same feelings this week as I had last week about Adelaide, except this week it's like times 10, times yeah. 20.
1: Because it's getting, I mean, with Sydney winning as well, we are very firmly rooted towards the bottom end of the table. Yep. It's getting desperate. You know, it doesn't feel like the Amor season where we're going to come from dead bottom to win it. Well, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> Did you see the news that Cassini Yangi is injured for a long time?
0: Well, at least we have nobody to replace him but <laughs> well, this is the article
1: is saying that um, well carl was quoted as saying we'll have to look in the january window to bring in a striker because that is what we are lacking at the moment but did we not bring in george blackwood hello there's a there's our answer so what was george blackwood bought in for the uh, 10. That te- a 10 minute cameo off the bench where he's the mm. most anonymous person on the
0: field <laughs> man i just yeah it's painful <laughs> It looks like we're headed for one of those seasons where we just have to go to High marsh and get on Take the our pierce. Own yep. And have a, <laughs> yep. Just try and have our own fun every night. Uh, yelling for a yellow card after the first tackle. How many times, Ref? He's been doing it all day. Shit like that. That's all we've got to look forward to now this season because we're not going to well, win games. Thankfully, we don't play now until the new year. So
1: given that the Perth game has been postponed and everything that's mm. been going on <laughs> maybe to give us time to rejuvenate time to re recuperate maybe yeah i don't know we're just i think we're just we're doomed like we saw now it doesn't matter which striker it is yankee or mo it's the same result we can't get them into the game we can't get them in areas where they're going to score yeah and then even when we do get in areas where we're going to score the referees blows it back for so baffling reason we put the ball in the net twice but I guess when they, you know, when they're being disallowed, such as the manner
0: they are. What, what do you do? Yeah, what do you do? want to talk about this? Uh, well, I guess it wasn't so much disallowed. Was the whistle kind of goes just before he goes to shoot, just, and then it continues. Like he holds the whistle blow as mm. he smashes it into the net. A great finish, Halloran. Um, I. Not sure why we didn't get any advantage there. I don't understand at all. Kurt Ams was in charge of that game. He sucks. Yeah, he's dreadful. Do you see in the footage? Every you week can see he is him, dreadful.
1: But you can see him look at Goodwin get cleaned up and then he looks to the flight of the ball to see that it's going to reach Halloran and then blows his whistle anyway. Yeah. What? Where is? Are we playing with VAR? He's it's not the directive to let the, the, you know, the linesman will not call a blatant offside for 20 minutes to let the play unfold, <laughs> but this guy is going to blow up as Halloran is going to strike a pearler into the back of the net.
0: Yeah. He um, did it
1: earlier in the game as well with the Motore one where Mo, he blows his whistle for an apparent foul. There's no foul in the game. And then Mo sticks it in the net. It's like, well, let VAR
0: figure it out, man. That's why it's there. Yeah. But just, I don't understand. Even without VAR you don't have to just yeah. stop the game That's good for every, for like a foul doesn't need to stop the game. If we've still got the ball, and especially if you play it into a goal scoring opportunity like that, I mean, Halloween scoring to make it one all would have just papered over some pretty shitty giant, I'd say cracks, but they're more like canyons at the moment <laughs> for us. Uh, but still, still frustrating, still just continues to give us this shitty picture of what referees are like in this league. Um, terrible Yeah, shocking And the same thing happened in the
1: in the jets McCarthy game Where Valentino Yule gets cleaned up By the goalkeeper um, yep. Yeah, sure It's a red card challenge He is stopping a goal-scoring opportunity Until the point that it falls to a Jets player Who strokes it into an empty net Yeah What? And I guess the age-old question What would you prefer? 10 men or
0: a goal? I would prefer the goal Of course Because then the Jets go on and lose the game I... So <laughs> I don't understand why there's not like an interpretation of that that sees advantage given, the goal scored, and then the keeper just gets a yellow.
1: That's what it should be. Um, yeah. I've, so, I've seen some be.
0: people saying like it should still be a red because he's the last man, bro, but the punishment is the goal. The punishment is um, the goal. No double jeopardy. And the yep. keeper, I guess, is just a bit lucky. Lucky that they did score. And he's mm. still got 10 men, otherwise he's red carded. But I guess I guess I, the question just, is you could um, you could argue if the keeper
1: is inflicting like um, uh, like a an aggressive foul upon the player, you could send him off for if like if he hurt the player, yeah, by yeah, yeah. Out and if it kicking was, him if it was completely in a way, violent, yeah. but like yeah, a violent, mistimed
0: a mistimed kind of lunge like that, where yeah. it's just you know he's just got it wrong. That um, results in a goal. It's a yellow card. Results yeah. in a goal, yellow card. Doesn't result in a goal you're off and you're down to 10. I Great. think that's fine. Another situation. Where, everyone sees it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we like we said, referees, this, they all see it differently. I don't know what the laws of the game exactly say about that, but you know, common sense. Can we use some common sense? Common another, sense but grade. Another situation someone else mentioned that I saw was like, so what happens when like you don't play the advantage? You, so you stop it there. Newcastle are about to score, but you stop the game. They don't get advantage. You give the red card, but then VAR intervenes and says, oh, you know, it's not actually a red card. Then what happens? Because that team hasn't got the goal, and now they don't have the man advantage either. Yeah, exactly.
1: So they're double punished in that sense. Yeah. Too many interpretations, Sam. Too many.
0: We really have fucked up this game, haven't we? (laughs) So basically, give advantage. Yep, just let advantage. it go. Just let wait. the game go. Take the whistle out your fat mouth and wait. Yeah. Stop oh, trying to be Kurt. the center of attention Kurt all Ams? the time. Nah, Kurt Am's was the Adelaide game. I don't know who yeah. did the Jets MacArthur game, but we could it out. Someone of Kurt Am's caliber, probably.
1: Someone through the same refing academy came, Chris yeah.
0: B and the likes before him. Uh, there's your slagging refs. There might be some more. I don't know if there will be more. No, I don't think we've got any more ref slagging, but do you want to talk about the Melbourne derby? Because wowee. I mean, we can slag Beat in this one. Why the hell is he sent off McLaren? <laughs> we don't know. We don't know, do we? Do we know what McLaren No said? one knows.
1: No one knows. And I mean, that factors into the Paramount coverage as well because they, you know, if you had a, a team, a broadcaster that knew football, they would go looking for the answer to that story, but they didn't. And so mm. we don't find out until the football pods come out on a Monday and a Tuesday when someone's asked the question.
0: Yeah. We're asking the question. So someone provide an answer, please. McLaren
1: uh, said post game he knows why, but he wasn't because he swore at the referee. So, uh, what okay. what it could be? Who the hell knows? Is he at this admitting
0: point. admitting
1: wrongdoing there,
0: though, McLaren.
1: I don't know that he's admitting wrongdoing by saying he knows why. I think that's as if to say Beath told him, or he's been informed as to what the
0: mm. the card was. Either um, way, I saw Mc- I saw Chris Beath's smug head marching, marching off, staring down players. Um. He loves to get in their face, don't he? Prancing around with this arrogance. Um, I think, was it last week? I think I said we need to respect referees more, but here we are. (laughs) Slagging the shit out of them. I don't care. Uh,
1: How much seven days can change, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, We've all been personally afflicted by referees at one point or another. The actual football in this game, excellent. Well, outstanding. Brilliant game.
1: Yeah, best game I've seen this season and, you know, maybe for a lot of seasons previous. It made, me, it made me laugh how lowly we rated the Melbourne Derby, given how, how right, much of a yeah. spectacle these guys put on. It was fucking great, start to finish. What a contest, man.
0: Yeah. Um, Melbourne, look, both these Melbourne sides look good. They're both going to be at the pointy end, aren't they?
1: Hell yeah. There might even be one and two. Who knows? I'd, I can't see Macarthur and Western United continuing this trend. I think the quality of no. the two Melbourne sides will shine through in the end um yeah the victory great you know pop yeah. they've they're so hardened and steely under Popovich and they've got this bounce back ability now to come from behind you know we've seen city throw away leads a lot this season that's something they have to iron out now they've done it again yeah um but the you know the victory could have laid over them at that point and just taken the 2-1 defeat but just gripping contest and it was encapsulated by that last scramble in the box both teams so desperate to try and win the
0: game and defend the game bouncing around chaotically i love those sort of when those end in a goal yeah exactly i wish it went in yeah it it just bounces around a bunch and then someone eventually just pokes it in and scenes ensue all right i think that's just about all we've got today unless you want to we We've got this Graham Arnold. Oh, we should. Yeah. I said at the top of the episode <laughs> that we would probably slag off Graham Arnold. It's the Christmas slag off. We gotta um, fill our quota. So we must include Graham Arnold in a Christmas slag off because get your stocking full of he slag. Is right up there in terms of uh uh slagness, slags should we say? <laughs> Just slags uh, in general. Um, this article that you sent me made me vomit. To be honest, Socceroos tactics are solid. Arnold's just a victim of his own success. I know that we have a few listeners that will be uh, in stitches to hear that.
1: (laughs) It's it's an insane title, which only makes me think it's clickbait, but they got us hook, line and sinker, mate. What a ridiculous thing to post. Are you Mm. fucking kidding me? What success, man? What success? What's he won?
0: I guess they're referring to his A-League success or no, they're referring to his unbeaten record. record. The yeah. soccer had, which is which is no longer anything but convincing, and was against like part-time goat milkers and stuff.
1: Literally. I mean, not that goat milking isn't a lucrative business, but no, but I just you know, I don't they're think not professional cut you footballers. Out for a professional footballing career, yeah. No. It's a big job, it takes on a lot of duties and tasks.
0: Yeah. Make sure your hands are the-
1: smooth, get the best milk.
0: Basically, we just brought this up because we wanted to slag Arnold.
1: I just, the, the part the part of the thing is that there are a lot of people that genuinely believe this shit. And like the last paragraph is great. It's like, whatever permutations and grand designs Arnold might be pondering as he seeks to avoid the lottery of playoffs, success is always contingent on some of the parts at his disposal, no matter how grandiose the expectations of those praying for a fifth successive World Cup appearance would be. They are already slagging off the development of the next generation of footballers, mm. despite the fact that at one point that was Arnold's main responsibility, the guy yeah. that come out and said the A-League isn't a development league, the guy that wants to manage the Olly Roos at every given opportunity. All of a sudden now we're giving him a pass saying that the product at his disposal was not good enough. Yeah. It's just what a change of tune. And when did we go from this part, from believing we were a good footballing nation to now saying we don't have the cattle in this country to qualify?
0: Yeah. And for, for whatever, however correct it is to say that um, obviously this group of Socceroos players aren't as good as uh, some we've had before that still shouldn't just be giving the coach a pass mark um, on the results. No,
1: exactly no. I mean, which previous Socceroos manager has been given a pass mark for the same thing? I can't think of one. Yep. Maybe Frank Farina, maybe.
0: <laughs> maybe. Um, all right, uh, do you have anything else you want to cover today? Do you want to get any last final slag offs to dish out before Christmas?
1: Oh, no, I feel good. I feel like I've crossed all of the naughty people off my list. These guys can get a lump of coal and a, and a fucking loogie, a slag from me and you.
0: <laughs> a Lugia slam. Oh no, one more, That's one more. There
1: was I read during the week. Oh, I read during the week MacArthur are slugging oh, MacArthur are slugging away fans, not even adults, children. Thirty-five dollars a ticket. It's obscene. They don't even pay for their stadium. That You're is, charging a kid under the age of twelve thirty-five dollars Are you.
0: That's disgusting, if Joe. That is I just consider yourself slagged off MacArthur.
1: It's just the two franchise teams at the top of the league. I mean, they're all franchises, but the two newest franchise teams are the top of the league right now. It's obviously working. This is the idea, isn't it? To get these teams to win games. So people come along, they become competitive so they can force oh, rivalries. Man.
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: But, uh, I mean, aside from that, how are you encouraging participation? If your children's tickets are $35, it's,
0: yeah. It's just... It's, it's, it's reaching. Is that because there was only like 24 people at the MacArthur game on the weekend? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> and there possibly. was less, less than half of that at Amy Park for Adelaide United and Western United, So, I honestly thought
1: they were playing behind closed doors when I flicked on the stream. I wondered what the what the Wu fans had done to get themselves a, a stadium band like that, but no.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> mm. All right. We might leave it there then if you're done slagging off people. I've got nothing. Yeah, left. that'll do. I've it's just, teed off on refs. That'll do Un, unnecessarily, <laughs> probably at times. But here we go. Here we are. Uh, what do we got? We're gonna come back. Are we gonna do a pod next week?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no Adelaide United game. We're, and... we're
0: just discussing uh, what we're gonna do while recording. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just check my calendar. I do have Monday off, so pretend. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see how we go. We might, we might just uh, drop into your earbuds in the new year. If not next week, we'll do another movie so, review. We should oh, do another movie review. oh yeah, potentially. Uh, hit us, hit us with some movie slash doco suggestions. Football related, obviously. Um, yeah. And we'll see how we, we go. End up,
1: we end up doing Tiger King or something.
0: <laughs> Have a good Christmas, everybody. Please yeah. stay safe. Merry Crimbles. Have a good one. Hit it hard. Get around. But respectfully hard. But respectfully hard. And uh, slag off all those you don't like. Bye.